I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and Holly Hunter is a terrible fake sneezer. <laughs> yes, and my name is Colin Drucker, and get out of here. Go look at your tube. <laughs> go, look at your, go look at your tube. Uh, oh, bless her. Bless her. You know, uh, and and don't bless Holly Hunter because she's not really sneezing. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was like something out of I don't I me personally I I'm a really good fake sneezer. I just I feel like it's not that hard, especially for Oscar winner Holly Hunter. Yeah, like I'm very intrigued by her sneezing choices in this movie, and it was very distracting. <laughs> yeah, wasn't she in the piano about a woman who like washes to shore from the ocean wouldn't she sneeze a few times in the piano i know how did she get an oscar for that i Uh, know i know i've actually never seen the piano but that's neither have i i know we're we're terribly entirely evident from my description of the piano it's about a woman who washes on shore and anna paquin wins an oscar (laughs) there (laughs) that's what i know i think you see harvey keitel's penis in it i don't know oh wow so maybe we'll see the piano Um, i know i'm like (laughs) Thanksgiving break. Yeah, right. Got lots of time. Yeah, I got nothing but time. Um, But we are, I mean, speaking of Thanksgiving, we are here to talk about one of the few, as far as I know, other than maybe some like Hallmark Lifetime original movies, one of the few Thanksgiving movies um, that, you know, it kind of has a similar dysfunctional family comedy drama tone and vibe as, say, like The Family Stone when it comes to Christmas or any other, you know, Christmas movie. Um, yeah. Home for the Holidays, 1995, directed by Jodie Foster. Yeah, it's so, you know what I was thinking? Sorry to interrupt you. No, that was, that's, <laughs> I just, I just you, like cut right that's all I had to say. <laughs> is that um, Jodie Foster and Holly Hunter could play like sisters. They both have that sort of, uh-huh. especially Holly Hunter, that sort of like, that drawl, that southern sort of like mm-hmm. you got molasses in your mouth, aka Andy Bernard, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's like a thick molasses. Yeah. Molasses it, in your mouth. It, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, no, I agree. I find that the two of them there's a there's a there's a shh sh- sh- quality. Like I'm Holly Hunter, I'm Jodie Foster. Like there's and now I'm Sean Connery. But like they that Holly Hunter, Jodie Foster, and Sean Connery are essentially the same impression at different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, it's a similar sort of setup as far yeah. as how they speak. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. Yeah. I was looking up to, I call in, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but who was the one who suggested this? Was it, um, was it Zach? Oh, see, um, I don't know. I'm going to look it up as we talk because I'm pretty sure that this was a tweet 
um, a recommendation. Oh, if you, I, if you I thought this was just your idea. And I was like, oh, no. Sure. Yeah. I, this is another user recommendation here. So a best supporting um, as, suggestion. All right. Yeah. I'm going to look it up, too, because um, they deserve a shout out as well. But we'll, we'll find that out in a moment. Yeah. Well, I will. As you're looking that up, I will say that I had, you know, we usually start with, you know, what's our what's our personal experience with this movie? And um, I had seen parts of this movie. I think I probably saw the first like 45 minutes of it at some point on HBO or something sometime in the last 15 years of my life. And uh, was aware of the movie. It was one of those things like, like, I I remember the movie poster. I kind of always knew three things about it. And then I remember, yeah, watching about 45 minutes of it, getting to probably the the football on the front lawn fight. And then I think I like dropped out of it. And I think the reason that I didn't like cling on to this movie or keep watching through to the end the first time was because I think I was wanting, and I, and I say this knowing that this is all very subjective to how holiday movies are typically shown. I was wanting to see more like the family stone where I wanted to see a bunch of like, rich upper class white people have like first world um family dysfunctions you know i yes. wanted something tidier and cleaner and and more wrapped up in a bow by the end and i i appreciate it on second watch how much it's not that 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 it's um it's kind of a and i i say this kindly it's kind of an ugly movie you know what i mean like yeah their house is like it's 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 i mean ugly is like in quotes it's not it's not a nancy myers movie it's not a nancy myers house it's not a nancy myers anything yes i know what you're saying too but i i do love that i think one of the things about holiday movies that i love the most is like a going home sort of movie where like you sleep in your own bed that you had like as a kid and like there's 500 blankets on top of you Mm -hmm. and it just looks so cozy but yeah it's an interesting movie there's there are a lot of moving parts as far as just like I liked certain plot lines and then some of it I was like what what why is this happening there's a lot to kind of break down within the film too Mm -hmm. but in the midst of all that before I get ahead of ourselves too there's really just two wonderful women i mean holly hunter is also great in this i think i think she's really kind of great in everything she's yeah. obviously a talented actress but the bsa's that we I, I was just looking for that tweet colin i if you're out there listener i swear this was a recommendation or an email maybe maybe whoever it is please know that uh it was a. We appreciate your suggestion, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, so you can, yeah. so we know where to mail your award. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I swear it was some, but that's okay. Um, maybe it was just some sort of I don't know divine intervention. But I'm fairly certain someone tweeted, emailed, DM'd us about this movie. So if you are there, out there, present yourself. Yeah, show um, yourself. Show yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, the two women that we'll be talking about are um, Geraldine Chapman and, um, oh my goodness, I forgot her name. Anne Bancroft. Anne Bancroft. I always get her confused with another actress, but I don't know who that is. Hmm. Doesn't matter. Either way. Either way. uh, Yeah, I agree. There was, you know, Anne Bancroft is, uh, Anne Bancroft, Geraldine Chaplin, and you know, I'm maybe not as the BSA, but maybe just as someone I want to 
I just need to make sure I talk about Cynthia Stevenson for at least five minutes. Oh, yes, we must. We yeah. must. Um, and even Claire Danes, who's really quite lovely in this role, as uh, in a smaller role, as uh, Holly Hunter's daughter. Yeah, it, it rings almost like a little bit like The Hours, Claire Danes yes. and The Hours. It's like Claire Danes in high school as yeah. opposed to Claire Danes in college. Totally, but it's like the <laughs> same, like she's talking to her mother the same way Claire Danes' character in yes. The Hours talks to Clarissa. Absolutely. Um, Very adult, adult in the room sort of energy from Claire Danes yeah. as a child. And in a way that was not grating. Like I, I do not find Claire Danes to be like uh, overly precocious or anything like that. Yeah, I think she's, it's almost like impossible for her, especially in her younger years. I think that's kind of what made her or separated her from um, the pack, I guess, you know, as a child actress or at least like a teen actress that she didn't have that sort of, I guess, in a way, like almost like the, um, what we were talking about last week with Emma Stone in a way, Mm -hmm. like she just kind of locks in and has that adult energy and it just works. Yeah. Have you seen My So-Called Life? No, I haven't. Oh, it's, and it's, is it one season? It's one, one season? season. It was That's canceled crazy. after one season. Um, I think apparently the network was trying to decide between three shows, and one of them was My So-Called Life, and one of them was Friends, if I'm remembering correctly. So uh, if you're watching the Friends episode where someone gets a turkey on their head this week, you can be grateful to My So-Called Life for stepping out of the race so that you could see that <laughs> moment. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not bitter about it at all. I was just going to say, let it out, Colin. Let it out. Uh, well, anyway. Speaking of turkey, I'm like, great segue. Yeah. What, before we get into a little bit of the movie and these wonderful women, too, what is your favorite part about Thanksgiving as far as, like, food? What do you typically go for mm. first? Or what is, like, do you like Thanksgiving leftovers? Sometimes it's a little bit divided. What are, what are, you, um, what are you eyeing up on the table? I know... I, I, I as well, too, Colin has texted earlier this week that we're both not really going to Thanksgiving mm-hmm. celebrations. We're just um, we're just staying put. So it's a little bit different this year. But traditionally, if the whole family's gathered, what are you looking at? Yes. If I was having a traditional Thanksgiving, um, I mean, I would say that the the element that I'm most excited by is the stuffing. I oh, yeah. love a good stuffing. And I know they say that the stuffing inside the bird is potentially not healthy, but that's the best stuffing. And I'll take that risk. Um, I I drop food on the floor and eat it all the time. So I'm not afraid of risks. And uh, <laughs> I love I love stuffing. So and I also so I love stuffing, but I also love the perfect bite. You know, when you get, I mean, yes, talk right? about it. Walk so, us through. yeah, I mean, that's really where it's at. It's because the, so I think if I'm going to build the perfect bite, I think you have to have a, a solid base of turkey at the bottom, mm. you know, we're working yeah. up, working up the fork, solid base of turkey. I think then you can put a little stuffing, then mashed potatoes to be supported. And I'd love to get a, like a, like a, a bit of a green bean casserole or a carrot or some kind of yeah. vegetable on there. And then dip the bottom half into some gravy because I definitely want that on the turkey, the stuffing, and the mashed potatoes. If it gets on the vegetable, I don't care. Uh, You know, get out of here. Go look at your tube. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then that's the perfect bite. And, you know, actually, I'll say this. I'm not afraid of a little bit of cranberry sauce in there, too. 
Yeah, a little bit of sweetness. Yeah, love that. Yeah, love that. Um, yeah. So that would I would have to say, and if I was going to put the cranberry sauce somewhere, I probably put it between the turkey and the stuffing. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I would do. I mean it might be in a different order, but there is something I think about that perfect bite with just kind of stacking. I I agree. It's like turkey stuffing mashed potatoes Keon is his biggest thing is mashed potatoes and I I like mashed potatoes but it's not my number one I don't mm-hmm. know like I I I don't know why I guess I just I, I'd rather have a sweet potato or a sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows oh. and the brown sugar on top like that's yeah. oh yeah I'm gonna make one I'm, I'm gonna try to make like a mini version of that just because I don't need like a whole you know nine by thirteen right. pan of it but maybe like, I'll maybe I will <laughs> sitting in bed eating sweet potato casserole <laughs> know, for yeah. four days oh, I mean yeah. a dream yeah um <laughs> But I do, are you a pumpkin pie guy? Do you prefer, or do you like some? Do you like pecan pie instead, or maybe you apple know, pie or something? Th- I mean, boy, it, you know, some weeks I come with the hard hitting questions, some weeks you come <laughs> with the hard hitting questions. Dessert is such a tricky situation. I don't think I'm a pumpkin pie person. Like I don't go cuckoo for cocoa poops for it. Like I sure. definitely will have like a bit of it, but I think I'm more excited by like. Certainly, uh, a cookie tray. I love you know the variety there. I think if I'm looking for something a little more substantive, you know what I love? It it's it's not quite a Thanksgiving uh, dessert, but I love a key lime pie. Oh, I love a key lime pie. So, Interesting. Um, wow. But apple to be traditional, you know, a nice warm apple yeah. pie. I'm fine with, with that. With a scoop of vanilla on top. Well, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, it's you know I feel like dessert. I think what always happens with Thanksgiving is I. In talking about first world problems, I never plan for enough room for dessert. And so it's yes, always kind of yes. this like, you it's know, rushed. Yeah. It's like I've got only so many, you know, tickets left at the fair. How many rides can I actually go on before we have to go home? You know, <laughs> yeah. one time at a friend's giving my friend Nikki made it was like these bars. I don't know if it's an Ina Garden recipe. It sounds like it is, but I it's it's half pecan pie and half pumpkin pie. So the bottom half is like a crust with pumpkin pie uh-huh. and then on top of that is like a pecan pie and it's like a nine by 13 and you cut it up in the squares and then she made a bourbon vanilla homemade whipped cream colin and it was jesus crazy i know it jesus. was how good is that life changing. I, know would say. I know i was blown away and she used like the vanilla bean like it was it was no joke wow Wow. So, uh, but yeah, I, my dessert, I love pumpkin pie. I love it a lot. I, I actually prefer it in the fridge, like the next morning. I love mm-hmm. cold pumpkin pie. If it's room temp, get out of here. Yeah. Go watch yeah, a yeah. tube. I, I can't. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> get out. <laughs> get out. Get out. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it. Warm apple pie. Cause really like a lot of pies are better. And should be served maybe with a little bit of, you know, warmth, but not pumpkin yeah. pie. So No. And I think there's something to and I guess this really leads into the leftovers question. There is something about the next day for a lot of food. Mm. I mean, they, they say this with like Italian food, that like the, the flavors really settle in the next day if you make a sauce. Yes. Um, I agree. I agree. And I think that, that that can be true for Thanksgiving as well. Uh especially for desserts. Like Oh my God! That people people queen out about making you know the turkey sandwiches with the like the stuffed all that stuff. Yes, I, I think that sounds lovely. I will. I I'll say this: I have never enjoyed Thanksgiving leftovers as much as I did the first day. 
There you go. Oh, yeah. Cancel yeah, that's me, true. America. But no, I will say there's something that happens to turkey in the refrigerator that just, it, it turns... It smells different than it does, you know? It never uh, yes. quite gets back to where it used to be. <laughs> Thank you. I have waited my yeah. entire life to hear someone validate that something happens in that fridge, and it comes yeah. for the turkey, and then it comes for the <laughs> stuffing and dries her out. It's just, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I will still eat it, but, like, it when you microwave turkey, it that's when it definitely turns. It's something over. Happens in the, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all over. Yeah. And I don't know if there's, like, you know, a, a better way to... It's like French fries. You know, you got to put it in the air fryer or yes. the oven or like uh, you can't microwave French fries. They just turn into potato worms, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I just feel like you, there is a certain – it's like I feel like the next day with leftovers, it's just like zombie Thanksgiving. It's just like, eh, everything's a little lifeless, you know? But yeah. the exception to that is the desserts. And in particular, the next morning – cold desserts with breakfast like like that oh with a cup of coffee with a cup of coffee like i want i will i'll even have like a nice cold little slice of pumpkin pie right out of the fridge with a cup yeah. of coffee that's uh bliss that's really bliss is. yeah yeah um so there i think that's otherwise i I'll, I'll tell you this to have a thanksgiving this year where i i don't even know if i'm gonna have traditional food i have to figure that out today um but to not have to contend with like the the gallon ziploc bag of stuffing left over oh, in the fridge yeah. you know yes yes <laughs> <laughs> gallons of it's so true it's so you know folded over the top like i just can't. i know and it just becomes so gross by the end you're <laughs> yeah. like i'm still gonna eat it it's right. midnight you know it just i mean yeah so i i uh i'm bummed i mean it's fun funny watching this movie and watching a traditional thanksgiving even with all of its kind of warts and, and fights and all of that, I don't miss any of that. I don't miss any of the Thanksgiving anxiety, but I'm, you know, it's just going to be me and the cat on Thanksgiving. And like, I lo- it, it, it's, and I'm excited, you know, but I'm also like, oh, that's a little, that's a little sad when you say it out loud, isn't it? <laughs> it um, is. There's something both terribly sad about our situation right now in our country and like the epidemic and everything but also like the inner introvert and just sort of like what would it be like to have thanksgiving by you know i'm with keon of course but like uh like just to have it at home i've never had a holiday at home before so it's gonna be different yeah i feel like it's thanksgiving i'm kind of like okay you know i mean i've had you know i've had worse thanksgivings i had the one when i was in Sacramento and had one of those traditional, you know, po- you know, politics fights with my mother over the dinner table and then left on a red eye that night. So, like, I've had worse <laughs> Thanksgivings, um, but uh, I really think that I'm fine with kind of doing a solo Thanksgiving. I'm kind of, I'm going to lean into the cooking and just kind of like have a nice kind of fun day of like making something. But I have to figure something out for Christmas. I can't do a solo Christmas. I think that's gonna that's true. That's because of the music. Be... Because of the music. The moment I I've been I've been letting the Christmas music into my life, and I'm like, oh, this is bringing up all those feelings. So it is. There's. I know it's a lot because we are supposed to. I know we'll get to the movie in a little bit here, folks. Mm. But um, yeah, we'll get there. It's it's holiday related. Yeah. Uh, Keon and I are supposed to go to New Hampshire for Christmas, and that. We're supposed to fly to New Hampshire for Christmas. Mm. And even just looking at, uh, God, they were showing the airports 
on like Good Morning America this morning and I was like, there's no way I'm going to go to an airport, especially for Christmas, like let alone Thanksgiving. So we were thinking about maybe driving and driving in New England during the winter is also yeah. not great. Yeah. So it's and, and we, we called his mom last week and we were like, look, you know, we want to introduce the idea of it now that we might not um, might not be coming. And she's I mean, of course, she's devastated and we're devastated, too. And like, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be running to our parents, my parents in Pittsburgh either, too. Like, mm-hmm. I just I, I think it's best to just I don't know. To just lower or, I don't know, manage our expectations, I guess, of what that'll look like. But I agree. It's like, you should just, like, call Amanda and go have, like, Christmas with her and Walter. I know. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) That sounds like a great thing. I'll go to a restaurant. I don't care. We don't have to cook. Um, Yeah, just some company. Just some company. You know, unless she wants Bone to put sugar in everything instead of, uh, instead oh, of yeah, that's flour, right. then maybe I'll let her cook. Yeah, I was I told thinking her. about that the other day. Yeah. Uh, that uh. sounds great. Uh, maybe we'll do that. But in the meantime, I guess we should talk about Home for the Holidays. Um, I I certainly think Anne Bancroft is, is the one to beat for the BSA. But then Geraldine Chaplin has that whole monologue at the dinner table, and you're like, oh... She's kind of great yeah. too. Um, so she uh, really is. Yeah, yeah and and the daughter of Charlie Chaplin, which is a fun little you know piece oh, of trivia. You know I because I typed it wrong too. I said I think I said Geraldine Chapman as opposed to Lynn. So I stand corrected. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, that's all right. Uh, yeah, Geraldine Chaplin. Yeah, so she's Charlie Chaplin's daughter. And uh, and fun fact, co-star Robert Downey Jr. played Charlie Chaplin in, in the movie yeah. Chaplin. So, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm sure there's a third Charlie Chaplin connection in here, but I just can't find it. So <laughs> Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so before we dive in, we've talked a bit about Holly Hunter. Uh, I do also want to just mention, I think that Charles Durning is fantastic in this movie as her father yes two-time oscar nominee charles durning i did not know he had like that much. i've he's the dad you've seen in everything yes like for anyone who's wondering who he is if you if you imdb him you will you'll be like oh yeah that guy yeah, yeah. and an alum of this podcast because he's he, in tootsie he's yeah, in sorry. tootsie no yeah yes, because he yes. plays jessica lang's father uh in tootsie and he i just think you know he's I, I think I the, the man that he's playing in this, I was like, oh, this is so many people's fathers. Like, maybe not to a T, but, like, there's some nuance about him where I'm like, it, it, it just feels very lived in. And I just, I really, I like him as a person, even though there's probably things about him that would drive me nuts, you know, if I had, yes. like, long longer periods of time with him, you know? Yeah, it's interesting watching him with... um with Anne Bancroft uh it's for Adele is her name which is great Adele um it's the classic sort of like he's kind of this carefree guy that just like really loves his wife and is very affectionate and she's just like oh get off me you know yeah <laughs> yeah I just ate yeah <laughs> yeah all that stuff too and I but I do I, I think exactly what you were saying too it's like there is a, like too much there comes a point where it's too much I don't want to say too much love because like that's a lovely thing to have but mm-hmm. I but I do love when he gets a little bit real at like the the dinner table and then it, it does I mean there's a classic we'll get to it I'm getting ahead of myself but um uh as far as just 
the rest of this cast too i mean this is kind of in in many ways at least now by today's standards like an all-star sort of cast with robert downey jr um dylan mcdermott as well yeah yeah, to um, say wait, nothing. I always get confused with Dermot Mulrooney. I know, yeah, Dylan McDermott Mulrooney, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is uh, just so, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like Harry Connick Jr. really wanted this role, and Dylan McDermott got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He's exactly. doing, like, this is the role that Harry Connick Jr. is doing in another movie in 1995 at the same time. Yes, yes, he was... <laughs> um, and there's also, uh, I mean, Steve Gutenberg. And oh. not necessarily, I mean, he's so... Oh, my goodness. He's so handsome. But uh, this role is not really, you know, my favorite Steve Gutenberg role just because he has to play the, you know, the 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 couple that everyone's annoyed with. You know? Oh, yeah. I it's it, there's something sort of fascinating and tragic about Walter and Joanne and like the how there's no I, I, and I think this is like a larger theme of the movie, but there's really no resolution to any of that. Like, I I think that's what I liked about Home for the Holidays the most was that nothing gets resolved nothing this is not this pivotal thanksgiving where everything changes and you know either for the for the better or the worst you know like it's not like you know they all find out that adele has cancer or you know finally something is mended between joanne and claudia like yes i and i i think that's um that sort of maintained tension especially with walter and joanne is very accurate and and one of the things that stood out from this mo- for me with this movie watching it this time was like oh yeah this is maybe i didn't like this because it's so realistic <laughs> the first time i saw honestly, it honestly you know? yeah there they hit like and maybe we can add a couple to this list but like as far as like every archetype of like a family just like the core family that comes over you have like the daughter like walter um and joanne who are kind of like I don't want to say they're they're just a different I don't know how would you how would you describe them as far as just they're a little bit uppity they're they are yeah. they're not necessarily oh hey there computer no um <laughs> they're not I, necessarily cut from the same cloth in a way yeah or she's moved on like I think that's because of meeting Walter that's they, the interesting thing about them yeah. is that like Tommy and Claudia have geographically moved on like they're I think yes. he's in Boston and she's in Chicago but Joanne hasn't really left the area. They all seem to be sort of in the Baltimore area. And so, and there's even some line about this, how they moved on and she didn't. But the what she has is she met Walter, who makes good money. And so it's kind of like Claudia and Tommy have gone on to like bigger ponds and she's just tried to become a bigger fish in the same pond, you know? Yes. Well, also it's, I think another interesting layer of that too is taking care of the parents. The one who mm-hmm. stays behind is such an interesting dynamic between siblings. Yes, um, it, absolutely. For sure. That's such a huge thing, whether there's three siblings or six. I mean, I saw this with my mom and her siblings of like, mm-hmm. it is, there are so many politics about who is, who becomes the more primary caretaker of the parents. And, um, and especially at an age when the parents don't really want it or don't think they need it yet, you know? Um, yeah. I feel like it becomes this uh, this sort of dubious honor to be the one who's always there to help them and then is always kind of getting ragged on for being on top of them all the time. Like, there's no winning when you're Joanne. Yeah, I love the line, I think, that um, Holly Hunter says to her. It's like, no one asks you to. Like, no one asks you to stay behind. No one else is asking you to sacrifice. But yet, someone has to do it. Like, there has yeah. to be a child that does it because then... 
no one's there. So in a way, it's like I have a I, my first note for Joanne is justice for Joanne. I have mm. I I think she's one of the more fascinating characters. I'm and I'm totally glad you mentioned her too. But um, just trying to keep it together and being that daughter and also having the perfect family and the two kids and also knowing that she has to parent, you know, Robert, what's Robert Downey Jr.'s character's name? Tommy. Uh, t- Tommy? Yeah, Tommy. What a, he is such a Tommy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The guy who's like super charismatic, everyone loves, but is also, I wanted to just like slap him sometimes. I'm like, enough of this. Like, I could see right through you that you're like, there's, I mean, there's a lot to talk about with him, too. There's there's actually, I mean, some layers to kind of dig into with the male characters as well. Mm-hmm. But I'd say mainly Robert Downey Jr. But um, back to the women, though. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I think that Joanne, once we get to Joanne, like, stair-stepping and crying in their, like, mostly unfinished basement... I thought well, this is I mean I want to see this story like this yes. is when she says like this is the one thing I get to do every day that I like you know oh yeah and I I think that was um one of the things I really I appreciated about this movie was that it'd be very easy to just leave Joanne and Walter on the note of just being kind of these these shrewish braying you know uh sibling and in-law yeah Yeah. and and just kind of leave them to be the punchline like they they flee the house on thanksgiving and then we never see them again and i i thought it was really smart to kind of revisit them see them in their own home and like get that moment with joanne at the end after claudia leaves where you know we see that she is a human being and that she is conflicted and i think that that's i think that's important as well is that in these situations you know, Claudia, Joanne, even Tommy, none of them are right, but none of them are 100% wrong either. And I think that's, I appreciated that too, that you you don't necessarily disagree with Joanne. You might disagree with her approach or, or with some of her choices, but like you don't really disagree with like her situation, you know? It's like, yeah, I mean, she, she does have to take care of the parents and, and she is kind of, I think it seems like saddled with a life that, isn't made up of what she wants. And for Claudia and Tommy, their life is so much more about what they want. Yeah. I mean, let it be known, even though I said justice for Joanne too, that like, obviously her opinions on gay marriage are <laughs> skewed to, for lack of a better word. Sure. Too, when she kind of confronts him at the table, but yeah, exactly what you said. Like I do feel for her and, and she's it just seems like she's sort of trapped in a life that she never thought she'd be in. And there's no way out at this point. Yeah. And that which I mean, is sad. That's it's sad and very real. I feel like there's so many people I know who are like married kids life like the concrete is drying on their life, you know, before 40. And yeah. And some people are thrilled and some people are like, get me out of here. And I and some people I guess are both, you know. Some days you're like I love the life that I've built and other days you're like I am just going to, you know, uh pull a Laura Brown and get on a bus and go to Canada, you know? Fuck this. Yeah, I know. It's like I feel like most days maybe she might be happy or maybe there is like this sort of tolerance about her, you know. She probably she obviously like I'm I'm imagining loves her kids and loves her husband, you know, but I I'm interested in her relationship with Steve Gutenberg, but um, because they sit so far away at the table. That's yeah. so funny. That's interesting oh. to me. The hierarchy of like seats at the table. But I feel that like when Thanksgiving and the holidays do happen, that it's it's that sort of resentment, I guess, is the operative word of 
seeing um you know claudia and tommy um in their life are coming back from the, in their big city lives or whatever i'm like oh yeah that's right i have to deal with these two and just like really kind of just projecting everything that she's feeling onto them and just being mm-hmm. so defensive uh from the get-go yeah i feel like just them being back is like it's just kind of like rubbing in her face you know all of her own all of her own shit and i the the moment of them in the car where Walter needs to just like take a moment and prepare for Tommy being there, I just like, oh god, I know that feeling though. Just yes. for any, yeah, I've yeah. been there. I've been in those situations where it's like, okay, let's all prepare. We're all going to go into the situation, and it's uh, oh god, like I think I think when I was younger and we'd kind of like have to do that dance because my family is big on like all of those illusions and pretending everyone's getting along and been gossiping about it in the car home and i think when i was younger there was a part of me that almost enjoyed the drama of all of that because i wasn't it didn't really affect me personally i was more just like getting to participate in a in a scene but now it's like if anything it just feels so ridiculous it's like oh god why go through all this like you know, Ugh, it's, it's I almost, often think that too. Yeah, right. It's almost like you know what Claudia says to Joanne at the end. Of she's like, you know, you don't have to like me. We're family. You know, like yeah. It's, uh, and, and I've I've seen that happen over the years with my mom's side of the family, where it's like it, it's a huge family, and just like became so fractured, and just um, people just kind of like stopped playing the games, and especially once my grandparents died, it was like, oh, I don't have to do this anymore, and. Yeah. Uh, it just, you know, then you look back, you're like, why did I ever do it? Like, what was the point of suffering through a Thanksgiving for what? Yeah. I mean, there have been holidays and birthdays and anniversary parties of just like, oh, that one person, you know, the the one person that everybody can't stand, like, uh, couldn't be there or had to work or what for whatever reason. And it just changes the entire dynamic of the the gathering too and it's Mm -hmm. just like oh god i wish it was like this all the time too but Uh uh-huh and most of the time it's like siblings get together for their parents you know it's like oh i just want all my kids together under one roof and you know that's it's it's for other people it's not necessarily for yourself at the you know as a especially as a child that still has you know their parents with them too like you just go because that's all you really know. Like, I mean, that's how it's been and that's what you have to do. And some days, especially once I turned like 21 and like started drinking like wine in front of my family, I'm like, mm. I mean, number one, alcohol helps. I know that's not a healthy thing to say, but like it does help get through the day. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It honestly does. And I, um, which is sad, but, uh, you know, it's great, just especially for that one person who might be a little bit annoying that is a little bit more tolerable with, you know, a couple glasses of Chardonnay. Or, you know, it's it's manageable, I guess, is another word. But, yeah, yeah. But um, even then, you're like, you're just getting through. And, and you know, I was even feeling that way with Thanksgiving this year because, you know, we were all going to be meeting up in Palm Springs, which the more I say that out loud, especially now that the trip is, is, is not happening, it's like, what – what were we trying to prove? Like, was there an award sure. for like most ridiculous Thanksgiving travel plans during a pandemic? Uh, yes. But I, I, you know, the I, I was mostly doing it because I didn't want to disappoint my mom. But like, as it got closer and closer, and the CDC was like, "Hey, could you all not travel?" I thought, you know, we're all adults here. I am. I am a thirty-five-year-old human being. She is a woman in her sixties. We all need to grow up and like 
get real. Like beyond the pandemic, there was like, there's that feeling that I've had over the years of, and I think everybody deals with this as they get older of, I don't want to do the things I don't want to do these like family obligations. I don't want to do. And then there is on the other hand, the like, well, you know, you're not going to have them in your life forever. You know, don't you want to enjoy the time with them you have when you do? Granted, my mother's mother lived till like, you know, 90 something. So I've probably yeah. got another 30 something years with my mom. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, it's just it's that thing of like, it's not like I it's not like my dad's side of the family where like I don't have a relationship with them anymore. Like there's nothing ostensibly wrong with my parents except for the fact that they voted for Trump. But yes, uh, you know, as it got closer, I was like, why am I paying so much money and spending so much time to be in Palm Springs for two and a half days for Thanksgiving? Like, I, no part of me wants to do this, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like, as you get older, you're like, well, why don't I just listen to that voice? Like, what happens if I don't listen? What happens if I do listen to that voice, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's 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 really, as far as just nailing the the massive amounts of guilt that you still feel when you uh, neglect your parents or you know push back to your parents to even though it like it might feel good at first it just like it's like an after it's like a wave that just kind of hits you after like even just calling my mom and dad this week thank god my brother and my sister-in-law are also on this like the right side of things too we we did a group call we did mm-hmm. a three-way call together last friday and we said ma we're not coming and she's like i well, she's she uh, suspected it. Um, mm-hmm. She, you know, she uh, and she's fine. I'm sure she cried in her own time too, just to mourn sort of the day that we were gonna we were gonna like spend the whole weekend there. It was it was gonna be fun. I mean, yeah. and we're we're sad too. Um, and we genu- genuinely did want to be there too. But there is that sort of sense of like you're doing this to me, and I'm the one. There was like an Onion article that said like Mom understands why you're not coming to Thanksgiving because of the the virus, but Mm -hmm. doesn't understand why you don't love her or something like that. I'm I'm butchering it, but it was really funny. And I felt that like hard because like it's, it's, it's the circumstances, but it also like, it it feels like a personal attack to all moms everywhere. Right. And it's like moms, there's a pandemic. Don't take it personally. Like, yeah, you know, this is, uh, if anything, like, if anything, it's like, I don't want to travel because I don't want my mom to get sick. I don't want my sister yeah. to get sick. That's like, that's how we framed it, too. Like, yeah. grandma and moms and dads and everyone else. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's not worth even worrying about. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So, in, you know, the bright side is for anybody who has a Thanksgiving, much like the one in Home for the Holidays. Like, this might, this could be the best Thanksgiving you've ever had, you know? Like, just to be optimistic for some people, this no travel on Thanksgiving stuff could be christmas coming early you know amen (laughs) so i I mean i i can't say i was a hundred percent disappointed because i wasn't uh yeah so yeah i um i I guess in some ways watching i feel like if i was watching this movie like watching like watching this movie i was having that like anxiety that thanksgiving anxiety coming up like especially as they were preparing to sit down for dinner and like joanne's in the kitchen going i've got the green beans got the mashed potatoes sweet potatoes it's like doing that thing that like stage manager thing it's like no one's filming this we don't have to like nail this landing you know like yeah my my parents do that where it's like even if it's just like my brother, my sister-in-law, the two of them, and me. It's the five of us. The, my stepdad will still go to that place of like, okay, do we have everything? Do we, did everyone have drinks? It's like, 
why are we why are we acting like we're preparing for the bomb to come like or, or like you know the the clock is counting down and someone's going to be disappointed if everything's not on the table like yes yes i yes. think i think people honestly i think some people feed off of that that intensity mm-hmm. like feed off of that that thanksgiving food drama I, people wouldn't do it every year if they didn't get something out of it yeah i mean oh gosh so many stories here but like i do understand that i've been on i think it's maybe just i'm gonna play devil's advocate for a, a little bit here as far as just being the host versus mm-hmm. a guest when i am a guest i am cool i am calm I'm like, don't worry about it. Who cares if it's burned? But as like, or whatever it happens to be, or if it's late or cold or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as the host, I do understand that to an extent. But I do agree with what you're saying. Because last year at Christmas, my mom had like a global meltdown because they didn't they didn't put like the ham in the oven early enough. And it was already cooked. Like ham is already cooked. You just got to heat it through. And like right. dinner was going to be, it ended up being almost like two hours late, which is fine. Like I was like more time to drink wine. Is right. What I was like, right. Like, and we had like snacks. I think that um, someone got as a gift, like one of those baskets of like, you know, crackers and cheese or something. And we're like, let's just open this up and have some wine. And it was like, fine. And she got over it too. But like, there is that panic of like, I've disappointed everyone at this party and it is my fault. Or yes, it's all, it's a very interesting. Yeah. I, I ruined everyone's experience. Uh, yeah, it is. It's all like, it all becomes this like personal thing when like nobody, cause I've had that too as the host. And like, I enjoy being a host, but like, I realize that like the motivating energy is not to make sure that the food gets to the table hot is the motivating energy is for everyone to think I was a good host. Yeah. It's like having a wedding. It's like, you don't get this. You're just saying hi to everyone the whole time. And you're just like worried. And like, you don't really even remember the day, you know, right. it's like, I, I, I think the more you do it and the, the better you get at hosting and like really finding the rhythm of being a host or hostess. Mm-hmm. Um, that it becomes more enjoyable too, but I, I'm definitely not there yet. Even just like having some friends over for like some wine and some hors d'oeuvres, I'm like, okay, we got to preheat the preheat the oven now, and okay, we'll put them in then. And Keon's the cool, cool, calm, collected one, and I'm yeah. the spaz. So like, I, yeah. I, I sympathize. Like, I get, I know what it's like to be in that, and I, I but I also understand that it's a little foolish to like get so wrapped up in it. So, yeah, you know, work yeah. in progress. Work in progress. <laughs> this is a this but is anyway. a nice year to kind of meditate on that when we don't have to yeah. be hosts. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so you know, anyway, I I mean, I figure I thought thinking about recording this episode, I thought, you know, I have things to say about this movie, but I feel like I had expected this is going to bring up a lot of other non like acting choice movie moment conversation. Like I think this movie stirred up a lot of feelings for me outside of the movie itself. Ooh, can't wait to hear about it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I think it was, uh, and, and what I ended up liking about this, you know, it's like the going into it, I think even the advertising of this movie is that it's a little bit more of this like zany family comedy over the Thanksgiving Yeah, I watched table. the trailer. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and even the Family Stone was advertised that way, you know, yes. like the, every trailer had the the strata spilling scene, you know, like, you, Oh yes. You, because, and then you think, Oh, it's going to be like this, the whole movie, it's going to be the home alone music and people running around screaming for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like I was maybe expecting the same here. And I think we're home for the holidays really like 
rose above that for me was as the movie went on, the less predictable the plot came. I, uh, I liked that. A, yeah, there was no real resolution between any of the siblings. Um, yes. The whatever was developing between Leo and Claudia was became unpredictable. Like once he and Tommy left, you know, the next morning, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, I guess that's what this is. Is just this guy who passed into her life, and you know, it was a missed opportunity, and and wasn't the point of this whole trip, you know." Um, yes. And then that ending, I thought was, I think, really is what what took it home for me. I mean. I want to talk about the scene in the basement with Henry, but I and maybe we'll talk about that first because the ending I think is a much bigger uh, message. But I think that scene in the basement with Claudia and Henry watching the old videos or the old home movies. Mm-hmm. I think as I get older, and a, like a lot of what Henry was saying about you know you watch these you're watching these these clips and uh, and it's like I'm watching someone's someone else's life like. There's some guy dancing with Adele. That's not me. And I just, I really, as I think as I get older, I get that more and more. That mm-hmm. your history, your like, your past starts to seem like something that happened to somebody else and not your own narrative, you know? Yeah, it's like this beautiful, devastating sort of idea, right? And mm-hmm. and I think my my take on that too, just to, to add on it, is just the... Oh God, this like desperate need for myself to kind of go back and capture that Christmas feeling and that holiday feeling, but also at the same time knowing that it's never gonna be that. It's yeah. you're never gonna capture that magic. Like one, like a kid at Christmas, you know, like I'm as an adult at Christmas, and I feel like we've talked about it before too. It's like it there's just traditions go away. People pass away. You you know you don't like my grandma Kachanov's house is where we always used to gather, and she <clears throat> she's passed away now. And but like even when she was in a nursing home, it's just like oh man, we have, like we we went to visit her obviously too. But like I was like ah, oh, this is nursing homes are already sad to begin with Ugh. too. But like it's just the added just mourning the loss of Christmas's past. And yep. it's I don't really try I don't try to wallow in it too much because then I'll sort of spiral too. But it's it's also like, have you seen Christmas Vacation? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like when he he has the same scene almost, and I uh-huh. feel like they bought where he goes and it's the the beautiful song is being played. But like I, I, God, I wish I would give anything to kind of go back and be with the people that have passed away and just like just like sort of Ebenezer Scrooge sort of a, uh-huh. an idea of just like look at myself and just like I wish I would have and I did appreciate it you know like whether I knew it at the time or not like as an adult like Christmases were pretty awesome my mom made it great and like my family was incredible and just like being in the living room with my my dad's side is bigger so it, there were like you know 20 people crammed into the living room and like mm-hmm. you know the table we would like get card tables and just stack everything up and like there'd be like it felt like 50 people in uh-huh. one room and right. it was just those feelings of like oh man we're never going back to that and you just feel like this is the trouble my mom had last Christmas too, because everything has changed in the past like two or three years as far as family dynamics with holidays. And like our house, my mom and dad's house is super small and she's down to host, but like certain people live out of state and they're not like so willing to come in now because of it. Cause they're having their own holidays with their own families and grandkids yeah. and stuff like that. And it, it's, it's, 
she had a little bit of like a meltdown last year about like creating new traditions and trying to keep those alive because like yeah. my brother and I are not having kids like we're just not so there's right. oh, that's there's your brother that. as well is not having kids that's interesting yeah my yeah. brother is not and I, I they go back and forth sometimes but I feel like it would um uh you know, it would, it would like sort of liven up that sort of holiday, you know, like seeing it through like a child's eyes too. It would mm-hmm. be, I get that, but I don't, I don't feel any personal guilt about that. Like I, I feel bad for my mom, but also I know that it's like, it's not her decision. It's not my obligation to give her grandkids. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't want kids. So that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kids are not worth having just for have a, just to have a happier Christmas. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. My, it's the exact same thing with, you know, with my family is all the same things. We used to have huge holidays at my grandparents or at my, I think like Christmases, usually with Christmas, what it was was on Christmas Eve, uh, my aunt, my uncle who lived like 20 minutes away, they had a big Christmas Eve party every year and it would be, you know, some family, but it was a lot of like their friends and coworkers. And so like people we didn't really know, my grandparents were always there and my cousins were there. And so like, you know, it was, but it was a tradition. It was something we did every year from like most of my childhood. And then, uh, you know, then we'd, we'd go home and, and then the next morning we'd have Christmas morning at my house. And um, then my grandparents would come over and my mom would make a big Christmas breakfast. And I remember like yeah. chocolate chip pancakes and all that. And then, and then obviously when my stepdad came on the scene, you know, he was a part of that. And then usually on Christmas day, then everyone would go to my aunt's house, another, because a lot of the family was still in Jersey at the time. We'd all go to another aunt and uncle's house in New Jersey, and they would have a big family Christmas party um, throughout the day. And we'd be there all day into the night. And so it was just, you know, it was fall. It was the, exactly what you're saying. Was it, it felt like so many people. It was, uh, like, very rich in, in tradition. Some variation mm-hmm. on this had been happening for years. You know, this was always, ha- there was always <clears throat> this level of celebration and that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, uh, for a lot of the same reasons you were saying, and, and it's not going to, you know, my, my brother and sister-in-law are not going to have kids. I don't intend to have kids. I think my parents have made peace with that. Sure. Uh, and so we're kind of at this precipice now of like, well, we can't recreate any of that and we don't really want to. And I think the tricky thing with creating new traditions is I almost think in some ways, like you can't consciously create new traditions. Yes. You know, they have to just happen. And then that it's kind of like when people say, Oh, I'm trying to like figure out my, figure out what my brand is. It's like, well, you kind of have to like exist for a while and then the brand emerges, you know? Um, and so I think that's kind of where it's at is having to trust life in a way for new traditions to develop without like pushing the turtle, you know, without forcing it to happen and, and trusting that we're not all going to get to our seventies and be like, huh, nothing ever happened. Did it? You know? Yeah. I think that's probably why I hold on to Christmas music. So like closely, I guess, because that is, that's the tie. That's the thing that I still have. Like, I guess if you want to say control over, but like, I can listen to, you know, Nat King Cole's like the Christmas song and instantly be back in my living room yeah. on Christmas morning in like 1993 or Ugh. just like the, you know, or even um, listening to Christmas music on the way home from like Christmas Eve mass, we would like go and look at 
like the rich neighborhoods and just all their like the lights and we would yep. just play Christmas music and that was a tradition. It's and and that's kind of what keeps me going. So I'm and that's why I mean I know <laughs> I know there are schools of thought like Christmas music is starting way too early, but for me it can't get there soon enough because that's that's kind of what I need to sort mm-hmm. of help recreate that. I'm not I mean don't I'm not like <laughs> I'm not like crazy about it at the same time too i'm not like sitting by my window and staring outside and just like crying it just kind of like it makes me happy i think that's that's probably the best way to say it yeah i hear that and i I think uh you know obviously you know well home for the holidays is very much a thanksgiving movie i feel like these christmas feelings like in some ways all of the stuff that comes up and it's sort of the a part of this movie is like all of these feelings and and issues and traditions and all of this that we kind of recognize as as the holidays we think of christmas but it really starts with thanksgiving it's really mm-hmm. you know it, it's that thing that adele says or or maybe henry says of like i think adele says it like you have thanksgiving and then they go ahead and put christmas in the you know right after those bastards yeah. those bastards and it's true like this becomes all of this stuff that we're talking about really does apply to both Christmas and Thanksgiving and this time of year and that in between of Thanksgiving and Christmas that is all about kind of Christmas music and decorating and just kind of sinking into that feeling and, and um, you know, just kind of forgetting the fact that it's getting dark at 430 because, you know, <laughs> we're know, making, yes. you know, pop, popcorn garland, you know? So, yes, um, exactly. It's yeah, I, I definitely I feel like. I'm kind of, I'm glad we did this movie because I think otherwise I would have completely forgotten it was Thanksgiving this week or not really started to generate any of those holiday feelings, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like there is a world where on Thursday I could just order Taco Bell and call it a day, you know? Yeah, we thought about it too. We're like, let's get some Chinese food and just like anti-Thanksgiving, not anti-Thanksgiving, but just like the opposite of Thanksgiving. Like let's just... But then we changed our minds. We're like, no, I think we should try. Uh, yeah. I think it, it, it'll be nice uh, to kind of, you know, have the size and just choose what we want and everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And uh, make it our own. And try to figure out, like, what, what what about that? What do you have the opportunity to do this year that you didn't have in years past? You know, like, I think yeah. that's the other side of it. It's like, what have I always wanted to do on Thanksgiving and or make or have or not have? that I can yes. make happen this year, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I, I know we're, we're, um, I wanted to talk about just before I don't, just before I forget, um, she's listed as woman on airplane. Oh, in the movie. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought her up. That, that is her character. But I loved her and was like simultaneously like disgusted by her. Yes. That like, easily who I would play in this movie hands down done like done and dusted I mean I'd I'd be Adele any day of the week but that woman on the airplane is so funny and so nuanced just the way that she like sits and kind of like with her head against the headrest and like turning to talk to Claudia it's Oh my god, and I just love it. I love how she leans into the shot and says, Oh my god, look at that woman's makeup. I just <laughs> Oh yeah, her teeth. Her there's teeth. It's, it's basically it's for those of you who haven't seen the movie, um, it's you know, Holly Hunter's on her way home to Thanksgiving. She's crammed into this like she has a window seat, but the woman in the center is just like Oh, I just don't even know how to describe her, but she's perfect. And just like oh, an oversharer, she's talking about her kids and mm-hmm. she's like munching on this chicken leg. 
Oh, yeah, and a hard-boiled egg. And... Oh, God, I, I could smell that scene. It's terrible, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, so the actress's name is Angela Patton, or maybe it's yes. Patton. But I've seen her in other things. I think what a lot of people would recognize her from is Groundhog Day. She plays, like, the, I think it's, it's the waitress who serves Bill Murray every morning, or who, or maybe it's the woman who works oh. at the inn. But obviously, she's in a lot of it because she's in all the repeat scenes. Uh, but that's where I recognized her the most. But she is, I, I, I think she's great. You know, who I kept thinking before I looked her up. I kept thinking that she was, she had played one of the nuns in Sister Act. But she looks like another actress who's in Sister Act. But it's yeah, not I her. can almost picture her there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a. I I know who that woman is, but I they are different, or maybe they are the same. I don't know. I um, I double checked. She's the, the other woman's name oh, is Mary did. Wicks. Yeah, so if okay. you look up Mary Mary Wicks and Angela Patton, were you know the the Dowd Martindale of a different era. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I had to mention her because she's she's definitely that. Uh, she's definitely that woman, and I I know exactly who she is, and I'm glad that she was included. I loved it. I thought that yeah. was uh, you know, it's it's kind of an old bit to always have like a terrible person as your seatmate on an airplane, but it's it's a reliable bit. You can always you can spin it so many different ways, and this was, I mean, just like when they when she's on the phone and they just cut back to like a few dedicated shots of the woman salting and eating the chicken. It was. Everything about it was so funny to me. I I was so happy it was in this movie. So, yeah, it was it was perfect. It yeah, really was. Uh, and you know, just in terms of mentioning other small roles, it's worth mentioning uh, a fave of the podcast and alum David Stradhairn as oh, Russell. Yes, I was the like, furnace what repair guy. is wrong with Russell? I'm yeah. like, he's a perfect gentleman. Yeah, he has that. I guess like the, the the ongoing bit is like this guy just has like terrible things happen to him and he's just kind of a sad sack yeah. that is just like a Debbie Downer, you know, Phyllis from the office sort of mm-hmm. mentality. But I found him actually quite charming. Like but despite that, like I one, I just I definitely think he's handsome in oh this God. movie too. Yeah. I would be like, Oh, what a what a great guy, but he is that sort of like hometown guy that your mom tries to hook you up with for like 17 years and it's never mm-hmm. going to happen and he just tells you how sad he is and alone he is and then they, you know, you send him on his way. Yeah, I feel like that was, uh, when, the, when the scene first started, I was like, because I didn't remember what was going, what the narrative was with Leo Fish. I thought he actually was with Tommy and so... I thought, oh, is there going to be like a little love story between Holly Hunter and David Stradhairn? Oh, wow. And then as it played out, I was like, oh, no, he's kind of a sad sack. But that, I mean, his line delivery on his last line of like, you have a, you have a nice life, Claudia. Like he, it's very real and like very sad and not sad sack cartoony, but just like, ooh, that's a, that that, that packs a punch, that line. Yeah, and interesting i mean and maybe this is what you're getting at too that like it has two meanings also yes. it's like it's like you have a nice life here so appreciate it and also like you have a nice life because fuck you i guess right you know, it's right but it's, i love that it covers both sides of that the way he said that i agree i felt like yeah there was like the two meanings I thought, oh that's really interesting and like yeah, when he's, you know, him saying his parents are dead, like he's basically just alone. He's just doing emergency repairs on Thanksgiving because he can. I thought that is real. In like in this neighborhood that he's never moved out of. I thought that's 
that's pretty fucking sad in comparison to a woman who's moved to Chicago and has her parents still in her life and has a daughter and, you know, yeah, just lost her job. But there's a, you know, there's a, a greater sense of possibility in her life than in his. Yeah, for sure. Or at least he thinks so, even though she yeah. like, lost her job. But there is some sort of sense that like she doesn't quite care. I mean, I, I, I just, obviously she cares. And she says she's like, I have some money saved up. Like, I'm not going to have to move back home but she it mm. is like it definitely closing that chapter and opening up a new one it's like it's a blessing and a curse like i can kind of do whatever i want now or you know start painting again or yeah but we don't it, it's not really dwelled upon you know that's just sort of a sub it's just like a character sort of situation for her but um yeah there's anyway. never any resolution on her job situation yeah. um yes 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 but yeah and i mean i think we uh we hadn't we haven't really talked too much about Aunt Gladdy, uh Let's Geraldine Chaplin, but I, I think uh I she's you know, I think that she this character could have just been like way too cartoonish and way too ridiculous. And I think that there is something at first when it starts and she's got all the lamps and you know, she's she's watering the plants and you know, I was just like, Okay, like this is just a comedic relief kind of character. But, you know, thinking of Christmas vacation, it's like she would be at that family dinner table eventually, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, she would be like, you know, like the old lady, the old deaf lady who comes and brings the cat in the, in the, in the present. But yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I like that there then is that whole scene at the dinner table where she talks about the time that Henry kissed her on Christmas Eve. And it, it gets, I mean, I know what they're doing. There are those things where everyone just has to kind of like, just keep eating. Just let her tell her story. Like, she's drunk. Like, none of this matters. And, like, they could have just played it for that laugh. But it gets, like, really meaningful of, like, oh, my God, this woman is, like, she's also kind of like Russell, like, kind of a sad narrative when you think of it. Yeah. I mean, she, it takes a turn, but, like, in the best possible way. I was like, does this belong in this movie Mm -hmm. You know, from, like, what we've seen, it's, like, a complete tonal shift from, like, oh, wow, she's, like, you know, six glasses of wine in, and she's gonna go for it, and she, but I, I loved it, I put, I, I was, like, this dinner table monologue, and I put, like, six exclamation points after it in my notes, because it's great acting. It's yeah. great choices. I loved when she starts to look at the kids across the table. Mm -hmm. When she, like, she's saying it to, like, kind of no one. And then she, like, also looks at them to kind of give them, it's like this, like, warning about, like, what your life, like, don't waste your life. She doesn't say that. Yeah. But she says it with, like, she's talking about something else completely different, but it's it's meant to have that effect. And doesn't, uh, doesn't Joanne's yeah. daughter mouth, like mom like <laughs> yeah it was it was the perfect reaction it was that kid. Yeah. yeah i was like oh that's some good child acting between that yes. and when she says mom i'm too bored i need to go home i was like that's genius like yes like yes. what a privileged little snot i'm too bored i just love that line i yeah i really that moment and it was interesting then when once she was done it, it feels like a monologue in a play where like then the character just kind of like sits there and sulks at the table, you know, like it was, yes. it was interesting to kind of catch her in the scenes afterwards of being just like not listened to. Yeah. Um, 
I, gosh, there's so much to like break down here too, but like I love, one of the things I really loved about, it's not necessarily a Geraldine Chaplin thing, it's the way that Holly Hunter was listening to her and not like dismissing her, like everyone else felt super comfortable, but she kind of just like shifted her body and was Mm -hmm. like looking at her and like, yeah, keep going. Say yeah. say this like yeah. this is beautiful. This is a this is a moment here, Aunt Gladdy, and I know you're yeah. talking about my dad, and it's weird, but um, I'm kind of digging it. So just keep on going. Yeah, I think there's something about that where it was like, I, I, and I think it's it comes with all of that that tension around the dinner tables. Sometimes whether it's just like you know, let's listen to the weirdo at the table, uh, let's let's break the tradition of ignoring this, or it's like. Ooh, is this going to just detonate this entire tense experience? Will this yes. be the bomb that blows up this this whole dinner? And you kind of want that, you know. You, it's like the only thing worse than everything going to pieces is waiting for everything to go to pieces, you know. Yes, exactly. And I mean, I know we talked about um, uh, Joanne too, but like this is where I have the justice for Joanne. Like mm-hmm. she. At this point in the movie, like, yeah, I knew she was kind of the annoying, like, know-it-all sister, but, like, she did not deserve to get turkey drippings. Ugh. When it's, like, like when it spills on her head, I was just, like, just kept thinking of all of that, like, turkey ugh. fat and stock. Ugh. It was, it was so unnecessary. I was like, I wonder why they're doing this to her. Like, I get it. I understand maybe in some sense why she maybe deserves that. And then I, definitely after it, like from what what she talks to like Robert Downey Jr. about, about how she's disgusted by his marriage and mm. like, yeah, throw another, pour some more grease on her head. But like yeah. I, leading up to that, I was like, what's happening here? That is so crazy. And I and like I, I was getting really, really nervous with him cutting that turkey, Robert Downey Jr. Oh. I was like, stop cutting the turkey like that. Don't. But it was leading. I knew it was going to lead up to something. And then the leg eventually falls in Joanne's lap, and then it just takes a turn. Ugh. Yeah, that I know. I was like, I know something's gonna. Happen. And I, from having seen it before, I was like, I know something happens with that turkey. I know yeah. that green dress gets ruined. Uh, and you know, then the kind of the the meltdown that Joanne has. I mean, yes, it's very 1995 for Joanne to be like freaked out because Tommy's kissing his husband on the beach. But yeah. you know, like I wanted. I definitely, and this is just my own craving for fighting over a dinner table. I wanted like an August Osage County level like yes. reveal of like, oh, you want to talk about secrets? Let's talk about this. And like her yes. dropping like a real bomb. I think, mm-hmm. I feel like by having her just be like really homophobic, it it kind of just planted her as like, oh, Joanne, unsympathetic. And I think if she had something a little less divisive i think it it would have continued to feel really awful what happens to her in this movie like i think having her turn on tommy like that justifies it all in a way or says well well she's a jerk so you know i don't feel so bad about this but uh I, you know when i aside from aside from her ignorance i mean even claudia says towards the beginning like joanne's a saint and like yeah she probably is in a lot of ways, you know, but she just is uh, is also very misguided in other ways. Um, and I think, yeah, there's no resolution to that. That's both can be true at the same time, you know. Yeah, I th- I I agree with that sort of like I wish she would have maybe revealed that Claudia lost her job or something, and mm-hmm. like you think that you know you think that they're that Claudia and Tommy are like these golden children, and like 
I'm the one who stays here. I'm the one who takes care of you guys and I get nothing, you know, mm-hmm. like one of those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I agree. Uh, but I mean, it happened the way it happened. And then things kind of just after that, I feel like after that big explosion, like it kind of dies down. Yeah, I think that that was also very realistic is that it's it isn't always August Osage County. It then turns into like a more like it's not everybody sitting around the dinner table now. Now it's like people having plates by themselves in the kitchen or having a someone's now watching TV like now, you know, like there is something that happens on Thanksgiving that like there's a fracturing away from the dinner table that I thought like it reminded me like, oh, yeah, sometimes Thanksgiving like it just goes on and. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're just kind of and watching all of them just kind of have post dinner Thanksgiving. I just I could feel that mixture of like, hmm, I could eat more, but I'm pretty full and I'm kind of tired. But there's dessert, you know, like all of those feelings were coming up of like, yeah, there's just that weird window after like the three o'clock Thanksgiving dinner of like, hmm, what do we do now? When do we eat again? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why dessert comes so quickly, too, because it's just like. Even though I don't want it, I just want to like sit, let's just sit around the table and talk mm-hmm. and then digest properly. And then in like an hour or two, let's get out some pie because then you're just like ugh, uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing I'm also like very excited about this Thanksgiving is not feeling like, oh, God, I really like I got to get on that Peloton because I ate way too much. You know, like I'm. <laughs> I've had enough of those days in quarantine. I don't need another one. So, oh yeah, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. No, no. I I feel like as especially getting old as I get older, it's just like my body's like, dude, we don't need all this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh god, I've been having such bad indigestion like this entire week and just like popping tums. And I, I thought I was like, Nick, you can control what goes in your body. Right? You know, we had a lot of like leftovers and stuff to kind of get through, so we were doing that and like. Some leftover Indian food that was like spicy and I, and I was like, oh my God, why am I doing this? But right. yeah, it's just, uh, you know, eat some kale. Right. <laughs> like, like, yeah, have exactly. a banana. Have a banana. Maybe just, yeah, just a couple of, you know, grilled veggies. I don't know. Just thinking yes. of what's... <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Have have something other than all of that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, I think, you know, the, the last thing, I mean, I... I definitely want to talk about the ending, but I also want to just put a little focus on Adele and and oh, yes, and Bancroft, please. and she really is such a BSA in this movie. Uh, I think that Adele's best scenes are towards the beginning of the movie, uh, right after Claudia comes home, and yes, uh, yes, you know the scene in the car, and and then you know I love that when they get back to the house. I love that Adele still has her coat on as she's like taking food out of the fridge and like yes. rushing on with the cigarette in her, in her, you know, between her fingers and that awful wig. It's, I, I love Anne Bancroft in this role. I think she's really like, I, I recognize this woman much like Henry. It's like, yeah, this is, this is not over the top. This is pretty accurate. This is not garish, you know? Yeah. I, I also agree. I, I could have watched her walk around that kitchen and just talk about anything for yeah. like 45 minutes and mm-hmm. just like, oh, did you hear like this person? Oh, well, yeah, their, their son got divorced or something like that. Just like local gossip. I don't, my one, it's not even a complaint because honestly, I love this sort of like, I guess you'd call it a trope, but like the sort of like Staten Island accent. I don't know why it was there. If there is that how they talk in Chicago? Is it in Chicago? Because no one else really seemed to have that you know yeah 
it's so, kind of right. And I was trying to figure that out too because that they're in they're in the Baltimore area because I was looking at the license okay. plates. And I mean, Anne Bancroft is from New York, so that that you know that accent is certainly there. There is a Baltimore accent. I not I know that it involves a lot a lot of long like O's, like oh, like I know there's that, <laughs> and I remember it because there was an SNL bit with Elizabeth Banks doing an yes, Overstock.com yes. commercial. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Have you oh, uh, have you heard of the O Overstock? Yeah, and that's oh, why no. I know that. Oh no, that's why I know about that. Yeah, oh, it's actually a Thirty Rock reference you're making because I just watched that episode oh. like two weeks ago oh. because she's a newscaster, Avery Jessup, mm-hmm. and she's like, and she says something about her. Baltimore accent or something, and then they do a smash cut to her doing the yes. oh oh. <laughs> That's why I know about it. It's Dirty it's Rock. So Thank good. you. I knew it was in yeah. that in that area. Um, so I don't really know about the accents. I mean, it's sure. like, and where did where did Claudia's southern lilt come from? You know, like yeah, sure. It's but I I do appreciate it, and um, and I I think it adds to the character too. And I I was happy that it was there by. By all means, you know, it's like, yes, do that. Wave that cigarette around. Right. Um, be that and woman. She w- yeah, be that woman. And I, I think there is a level of, in someone else's hands, it could have been really too grating. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, but you like her and you understand, like, there's so, that she shows, like, she's excited to see Claudia at the airport. You know what I mean? I yes. love that she sits in, like, I just love that. Um, and she's in the back seat and just kind of like, I could see your roots, Claudia, you know, like she still has those jabs every once in a while, but there is a level of like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I love you. You know? Yeah. There's, I mean, it's funny. She's, she's playing some similar notes to Lainey Kazan in my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. I'd say Uh, that. Yeah. You know, where there, where there is, there's, there's conflict, there's, there's, you know, quarrels about little things but we yeah we even see it with claudia and adele that they have that whole scene in the dining room to you know table together and and adele has that line of like you know but what do i know about creativity the most creativity i've got are my puzzles right and she walks out of the room oh i love that line though the closest i can i ever got to creative is doing my goddamn stupid puzzles the way that she says that there's like there's so many layers to that yeah too. it's like i it's in a way it's almost like um you know, Joanne, like, kind of leaving, leading her life. Like, she's just kind of stuck there. She's like, oh, with your retired father, he just, like, he, he won't leave me alone. He's just everywhere. And I'm just, it, it, she is kind of drowning in her own sort of way, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, too. And she doesn't have anything creative to to sort of lean on. She's like, I just, ha- I just do my goddamn stupid puzzles all day. That's my life. Oh, uh, it's just, like, I mean... It definitely had a moment of like, I don't want to be Adele. I don't want to get to that point in my life. And all I did were my yeah. puzzles, you know? Yeah. And oh God, the, I called it the Dear Abby monologue. Oh, that's she's, the moment. Yeah. Uh, it is so good. The way that I just love seeing a woman of a certain age taking her clothes off and just like, she's just changing in front of her daughter. There's nothing like I love how Holly Hunter doesn't say like, oh, ma, come on. Like, yeah. Yeah. I loved it. And she's just like, all you see is her in her bra. And like, she has like sort of like a slip, like for a skirt Mm -hmm. underneath or something. And she's talking about this Dear Abby article. Uh, I can't even remember what the article was about, really. It was, it was someone writing in saying that, you know, her mother used to be this kind of woman who, um, 
you know, was she's just not who she used to be. And yes. she says, you know, yeah, she used to kind of cry on her own, but with other people, she was a riot. And, you know, as she's gotten older now, she, you know, she thinks the president owns McDonald's and, you know, she's, yes, and I yes. was like, oh boy, oh, I'm seeing that with my own mother, uh, variations yeah. of that. And, sure. and she says, you know, like, you know, signs distraught. And then, and I, I loved how this was used where then Claudia says, so what does Dear Abby say? And just that amazing delivery of like, well, that's not really the point. What the hell does Dear Abby know about life? And then she just leaves. Uh, and and that was so interesting is that's not the point. The point is not the answer. The point is the question. The point is this is the predicament. And yes. I thought that was a great through line through the whole movie. There's even like one of the, the sort of title cards at the end is the point that you know, the point is not answering any of this. The point is not resolving any of this. The point is is in the situation itself, is in the question itself. I I thought that was really smart. Yeah, it's a beautiful moment. And to cap it off with just that moment of like humor of her she leaves the bedroom, she comes back in, pokes her head and she's like, five ten AM, just a little shove. I barely sleep anymore anyway. <laughs> it's just like it's perfect. It's I was perfect. like Anne Bancroft. <laughs> I yeah. was just loving it. That's what I she love wanted. that that's yeah. it. Because it's really, it, it, it's exactly almost what she was talking about with the Dear Abby thing. It's like this woman who's like secretly sad, but she also like has this performative, performative side too. She's like, anyway, enough of that. Thanksgiving tomorrow, 5, 10 a.m. 5, 10 a.m. You know, just give me yeah. a shove. Yeah, just give me a little Ugh. shove. I just, I loved, like, I had to rewatch that scene again to really appreciate that she was giving her an alarm clock set to 5, 10, 10 a.m. so that Claudia could wake up, come give her a little shake, wake her up to help her stuff the turkey. I was like, I love, that's so complex. Like, I'm going to give you an alarm clock that I've already set so you can wake up and then wake me up and then you can come help me at 5, you know, 5.15 in the morning. That's that's some genius script work there. It is. It is. It's really sort of... And I wish... I wanted more of that, like, all around. I think, like, mm-hmm. with these little, like, vignettes that are sort of, like... Like you mentioned before, like, like plays. They work, like... It's almost like these little stagey sort of moments, like yeah. the monologue. Um, even the... Um, and I'm sure it was another moment for you, but um, the pantry monologue. Or, yeah. like, just that scene between her and Claudia... Oh, man, the nuance of having her hair stick out of her wig a little bit. I thought about and, that. The moment I oh saw it, I was God. like, oh, that's a choice. Yeah. Yeah, the unraveling of it all, but also like, and and also that Holly Hunter was the one who sort of like tucked it back behind yep. her ear for her. I loved that. I loved that a lot. And just the fact that like, even though Aunt Gladdy just like, dropped a bomb at the table she's like and aunt gladdy what what is she talking about there she's so crazy i just don't understand Mm -hmm. like it's she's not really even fully i don't know processing that or like being offended by it like go ahead yeah oh it wasn't yeah i was gonna say yeah i thought it was gonna become a whole big thing in the movie and it was like oh okay it didn't really it did not shake the foundation of adele and henry yeah, she's just like I got pie to serve. What what is Aunt Gladdy talking about? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, it's just he's just putting that coat back on. Yeah, yeah I do love that coat. I the coat she the says coat. goodbye to Tommy, um, and Leo Leo Fish, mm-hmm. um, just that like '90s mom coat. I I'm an, I'm nostalgic I for that. I want one. I yeah, want one with the shoulder pads almost like built into it. Oh, it's like a house coat meets a, like a coat coat. Like oh a yeah, winter coat. You know? Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's a winter house coat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and then, I mean, you know, they have that little scene at the airport at the end and she starts to cry. And, and I thought, oh, that is, 
I think that's a thing I'm also starting to understand more as I get older is like that lament from the mother of like, there's never enough time with your kids. And, um, and there's a great moment with Holly Hunter where she starts to say, you know, where she says, Oh, relax, mom. Like, you know, Christmas is coming. And she starts to say something like, and I think I'll, and then Henry says, we know. And it's, and it's this unspoken, I'll try to come home for Christmas. But like, they all know she, at least Henry knows she probably won't. You know, and it's that is also some lovely script work and acting where it's like it's what isn't said at the airport before you leave. That's even more profound than what you say. And they really played that. Yeah, it's there are some beautiful moments within this movie, this sort of like. And I don't really know how to describe this movie. It's kind of rom com but not really. And it's kind of like a dramedy, but like. The drama's kind of like squashed pretty quickly and doesn't really affect the overall I don't know. It's it's interesting. There are a lot of great parts in this movie. But it, overall I don't know how to categorize it, I guess. I agree. And I think as you were saying before, like there's these like tonal shifts in the movie and sometimes they don't work. Like sometimes you're like, huh, yeah. I don't know what I'm what what flavors I'm supposed to be settling in for right now. Yeah. You know, I I liked that the ending, it was not just about, you know, Leo Fish and and Claudia being happily ever after, like that wasn't the point either. And that there's this montage at the end uh, that's really about, you know, for everyone, there is some point in their life when they were happiest, you know? And I think that goes back to what you were saying with with the holidays and with Christmas is like what we're trying to go back to or remember and what Henry's holding on to with that memory at the airport and all of them watching the plane take off. You know, like this was a moment when that that you were ha- you know you were happy and you also can never go back again and you could never recreate yeah. that and as much as you love that thing and you think you can recreate it by going home again or celebrating the same traditions or whatever it's never going to be what it was at that time and mm-hmm. and I like that we even get to see that with Joanne and Walter that there was a time when they were much happier and I thought that was a really like nice note to end on the two of them that like they're not monsters like something got yeah. lost along the way you know yeah it's really kind of a beautiful complicated not traditional sort of ending too and I uh Dylan McDermott he 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 gets on the plane and I was like oh man I kind of wanted him to not get on the plane but I yeah I do love the conversation that they have sort of it's like all right well let's you know he talks about this like fantasy about how he sits next to this woman for a couple hours on a plane and they just have this like moment and maybe it'll go somewhere or maybe it won't. And, but at least like, uh, you know, at least they have that moment or something and I'm, I'm fumbling with it too. But like, I do like that he said that because it's not like, what are you doing for new year's Eve? That yeah. sort of question. And I'm like, Oh brother, you know, rolling my eyes. Right. Um, um but who knows? Who knows what happens between the two of them? But also it's yeah. it's open-ended and not so concrete, which I like too. Yeah, I, I was totally fine with the idea that, sh- that you know, she even says in the car on the way to the airport, like, <clears throat> you know, I let him go. I let that guy get away. Yeah. And I kind of liked, well, what if that just was the truth? And the reality is he lives in Boston. She lives in Chicago. Um, and, you know, he's he's got a, certainly has a, a charm and a charisma to him, but like, I couldn't be Mrs. Fish. Like he's also like there's there's an element of him that is reminiscent of Tommy and like why they must get along is like there's something about him where I'd be like, uh, I need to be in control right now. I need you to not yeah. be in control right now, you know? Uh and I'm just putting myself in the movie now. But I, the point being that 
I, the odds are not that Claudia and Leo get together. The odds are yeah. that they just have these two hours and, um, and you know, and I, I thought, yeah, it was really interesting that we get to see that moment of, you know, Claudia and Kit swimming with the fish that they keep mentioning of remember the fish and, yeah. and, and then this becomes one of those memories that kind of like the fish, maybe a year from now when Claudia is coming home for the holidays again, she remembers that two hour flight with Leo and has to just remember how nice that was. And yeah. that becomes the calming memory. But like Leo is not there, you know? Yeah. It makes me think of that, that quote from the office and I'm sure you can, quote it better than me but when was it michael scott who says it um i, I wish we could remember the good times andy uh, says it i wish we andy could, says it i wish we yeah. could know we were in the good times while they were happening you know yeah um, while they were still happening yes, yeah yes, and yes. i mean and that oh i i think about that all the time is like mm -hmm. i look back at different periods of my life the past 15 years and i think there were these little heydays there were these little like periods of my life where i had no idea like how how rich it was you know in yeah. different ways and and ways that are over right now and maybe not over forever you know like i feel yeah. like i'm in these i'm in this very in-between chapter in my life of 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 everything really and mm -hmm. uh you know and having to kind of take that leap that new traditions will happen new people will come into my life you know that's not going to just be this year like this for the rest of my life you know yeah yeah and but I look back on on different periods and think, oh God, I had no idea. Like that was, like I that I would be looking back on this moment and thinking, man, those are some good old days, you know. Yeah, if anything, twenty twenty as far as going into the holidays too, especially if we're all just sort of quarantining or and not, choosing not to be with family, might give us like a better appreciation for the holidays next year. You know, like it's even like the good and the bad. Yeah. I guess yeah, just like. I don't know, in some weird way, it's like it's it gives us time to reflect and um, be thankful. Oh, I can't believe I said it, but you know, uh, huh? it's, it is Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You're, you're allowed one moment of thankfulness. This Thanksgiving. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a, a great movie, guys. I, I mean, I think you should all check it out. If not for like Anne Bancroft and Geraldine Chaplin and just Holly Hunter is also great. But there's there's some really beautiful moments that just make you, I don't know, reflect yeah yeah i i feel like you know a movie again i keep comparing it to the family stone but i think there's sure. such similarities that there's a things are so much more wrapped up in that movie you know like there's there's just so many things where even though you know spoiler alert diane keaton you know dies at the end uh everything yeah. all the conflicts have kind of been sorted and and everything yeah. is you know they all live in this beautiful house and everything is you know just beautifully shot and and well dressed and uncluttered or cluttered in a really beautiful way and this it's just like so much more realistic and and human and so it leaves you maybe a little less of the warm and fuzzies but i think it's worth it because like it 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 stuck with me way more than i expected it to yeah exactly i i am in total agreement with that it's a great film. And yeah. I, I I still don't know who recommended it because I would have not recommend. I didn't even know this movie existed. So clearly someone messaged me. Who the yeah. heck was it? Yeah. Well, it's a mystery. A Thanksgiving mystery. It's a Thanksgiving mystery. <laughs> Spooky. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, all that being said, uh, for this special Thanksgiving episode, we, you know, yeah. 
We have reasons to give thanks with our BSAs of the week, uh, in which we queen out on a performance or an actor or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is the best supporting actress of our lives. Uh, so what do you have? Who's your, your nominees, your BSA of the week? Yeah, I thought I had like a whole long list of nominees, but I will say that Keon and I started watching and he, he will roll his eyes after I say this, but I feel that I was more interested in it than he was. But cause I said, I'm going to move ahead. Cause I definitely want to watch more. It's like one of those, like when you're in a relationship, like either, is it a, we watch together show or is yeah. it like a let's divide and conquer and you watch, this is us while I watch. Um, I'm talking about The Crown season four. Oh, um, yeah, The Crown. I uh, I've not watched any of the prior seasons, and I know obviously there is some like deep, rich history that I should be aware of going into season four. Um, but there is a, gr- I mean, Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher mm. is really great. Olivia Coleman is killing it. I don't know the actress's name who plays Diana, but like this is like. Everyone's really amped up, or at least it's been on like my, you know, social media feeds and like kind of watching everywhere of like everyone's really geeking out about it. So we watched the the first episode. It I much like Mad Men, I feel like the crown is like a slow burn, you know? I feel yeah. like not nothing happens until it actually happens and then it's like, whoa. Um but and there was like a big whoa. Um, but I, I'm interested. I'm, I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Um, but my, I guess like for that is Gillian Anderson for me. I really, really liked her a lot as Margaret Thatcher and I'm, I'm kind of blown away by her so far. So I'm excited to see how that sort of pans out. Um, so that's my little nominee, I guess. And my BSA of the week is really great because I, I hesitated because I know you might, um, roll your eyes at this column but it is and i have no shame saying this it is the michael buble christmas album oh my god <laughs> oh i told well. i told Keon, i was like i can't wait to tell colin this and see what he says michael. and i know before before you go in before you go before you read me here um uh-huh. i know I know Michael Bublé is Michael Bublé, and um, I, I feel like a mom saying that sentence, mm-hmm. but there is something really, really beautiful about the way that he ties in, because I was saying before about Christmas music and like the classics and the Nat King Coles and the Bing Crosby and everything, that he ties the old into the new. And I know, like <laughs> you've said before on this podcast, like the Michael Bublé, like snapping the fingers sort uh, of idea. That's what I'm picturing. That, yeah. yeah, sure. And there are moments like that, but um, it's elevated. It's like, it's fresh. And I've listened to like some songs on it before, but I mean, just the version of Jingle Bells that he does. I know that's like a, a weird sentence to say, but, it's, but like, it's so great. And it's like pure joy for me. And I listen to it. Um, I've been listening to it all week uh, as I work and a little bit last week as well. And there's a great version, like a stripped down sort of just piano version of All I Want for Christmas is You, like the Mariah Carey song. That's great. Okay. Um, I It's a high recommend. I know you pro- your ears will probably never, uh, I was going to say see it, but listen to it. But um, for anyone else out there who's um, digging the Michael Buble Christmas album, I am I'm right there with you. It's been it's been great. Well, you know, I'll I'll take a risk. You know, I'm I'm not. I know it's not the exact same, but I'm not afraid of a little uh, Christmas time Josh Groban. I feel like it's a sure. It's a, bri- it's a brief it's very leap. Similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Okay. All right, Michael Bublé. Wow. I would start with All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah. Just see how that feels. Because yeah. there are, you know, the big jazz band sort of arrangements and yeah. stuff like that. But um, uh, yeah, it's great. Okay. Yeah, that's my entry point is All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. I will report back uh, <laughs> yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, well, how great. about you? Well, you know, I've been watching just like a, I continue to just like try to watch new things and also watch a lot of like older movies, a lot of like black and white movies that I normally wouldn't watch in the, you know, in the past because I think eh, it's not my thing. I don't want to commit to, you know, a slower pace or a different style or whatever. And I've just pushed through and like it's been very rewarding. So there's certainly like I could pull from that list, but I, this this week's BSA of the week um is actually a, a repeat mention. Uh oh. so I, but I just, I realized, you know, it's that thing of like when I find like an actress or an actor or performance or something, I become just deeply obsessed, just sure. deeply obsessed. And so this won't be news. I had become deeply obsessed with the movie, The Bad Seed. Uh, oh, back yes. in October. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember that. I did an In the Details all about the mother in The Bad Seed and her over-the-top performance that is still I'm just obsessed with. But the... The episode I'm, I think we recorded actually today. I've taken the notes, uh, but what I didn't really get to talk about in that episode because it deserves its own is the best supporting actress performance by Eileen Heckert as Mrs. Daigle. Um, okay. So she was nominated for the Oscar for best supporting actress. She won the Golden Globe uh, uh-huh. in like 1956, and she was in the original Broadway production as this character. I am telling you, like I, I have recommended it before and like rewatching her scenes and studying them like last night. This is one of my favorite best supporting actress performances. I am convinced it's That's a bold statement. I a love very this. bold statement, but she is like the nuance is, is Beatrice straight levels of nuance. It's, oh my God. She has two scenes in the movie. Like you could even, the context is helpful, but you could potentially just watch her scenes if you wanted. Sure. Uh, and she's, what's interesting is she's drunk in both those scenes, but there are all these levels that she's playing in there. It's a devastating performance. It's just, oh, it's incredible. So that is my next in the details episode is going to be really breaking down those scenes moment by moment. But I mean, I cannot recommend it enough. I've become obsessed with her, with Eileen Heckert, who did eventually win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for Butterflies Are Free in, I think, the late 60s, uh, early 70s, or maybe 1970. But uh, she's phenomenal. She's just so good. It's like Eileen Heckert is giving me, I feel like there's a bit of a lane stretch. Um, There's some Frances McDormand in there. There's some healthy Allison Janney qualities. I mean, there's a raspy voice. Like she's my new obsession. Checking all the boxes. Checking all of the boxes and just... Oh, a heartbreaking, phenomenal performance in the bad seat. So, um, high, high recommend. Uh, high, high, you're both high. High, but- high, you're both high. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, but, um, but yes, that's my that's my obsession. My BSA of the week is Eileen Heckert uh, slash Mrs. Oh, Daigle. Wonderful. I wanna I wanna say this because I just. Um, I'm going to forget if we don't say it, too. And maybe this is our episode next week. But, Colin, 
Hillbilly Elegy is on uh-huh, Netflix. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And uh, I think it's time. I think it's time. We <laughs> it's give, about time. It's yeah. about time. Amy's in it, but Glenn's, I guess, the BSA of notes. So... Uh, I'm excited and nervous so yeah maybe we just say that now that's gonna be our I was thinking that was gonna be our next episode I feel like we can't we could have maybe squeezed it in today because it just came out but I think this was appropriate to let it breathe Um, it's gonna be exciting to talk about Amy Adams through the first the first person we ever queened out on on In the Details together Yes, and we've circled around Glenn she's been a BSA of the week she's been a point of reference Yes. It's time for Glenn to get her episode of Best Supporting Podcast. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I'm excited Amen. for it. And what it's perfect for Thanksgiving break, too. Um, yeah. Just Thanksgiving break. I'm like in college. Um, I know, you know right? I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, before we go back for midterms. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh, looking forward to that hillbilly elegy and being played off by this Best Supporting Elegy. Now, that's a transition. Uh, Nailed it. <laughs> it's not a good one, but a transition. <laughs> Uh, uh, so we are being played off, obviously, as you can all hear. Um, so where can folks find more of you? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Nick Kachanov. And if anyone, if the person who recommended this episode is out there, uh, tweet me or, you know, um, DM me on Instagram or something, because uh, we need to find out. Yeah. Cause <laughs> How about you, Colin? You've got some explaining to do. Yeah. Um, but no, we just want to say thank you. Uh, you can, of course, find more of me on the aforementioned in the details, tweeting out about Mrs. Daigle this week. Uh, you can also find me on All Right, Mary. Uh, we are officially done with all of the drag races this year and have some really fun stuff planned for the rest of the year. Nice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod on Twitter. Yeah, or you can also email us at thebsapod at gmail.com. That's right. Uh, well, I am, you know, we have many, I'm, I'm always, I have many episodes I look forward to, but I'll tell you, I'm really looking forward to Hillbilly Elegy. Same. And I think it's going to be a real turning point, you know? Yeah, um, it's going to be great. Yeah. But so now, much to be thankful for. I was going to say, now more than ever, so much to be thankful for. Uh, and a big thanks as well to Jodie Foster and Holly Hunter and Charles Durning and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Angela Angela Payton or Patton, woman on airplane. Yes, a oh, big thank you to her and that chicken leg. And Bancroft, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, chicken leg. That chicken leg. And, you know, and Cynthia Stevenson, you know, for letting them pour turkey grease on you. So. Yes, exactly. And Geraldine Chaplin, wonderful, of wonderful. Course, yes. Of course, Clapping for all of you. And, yes. Um, and, uh, and that, as they say, is that. Happy Thanksgiving. Honk, honk. <laughs>